0: Welcome back to the program. Father Nagel is going to lead us in a scripture reading and a prayer.
1: I'd like to go back to um, some ways the, the scripture from Ash Wednesday in Matthew 6. When you pray, do not be like the hypocrites who love to stand and pray in the synagogues and on street corners so that others may see them. Amen, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go to your inner room, close the door, and pray to your father, your father in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will repay you. Gracious God, Father, we do ask your blessings as we, we try to just intensify our relationship with you, open ourselves in prayer. Uh, let all those who are listening, who are on this Lenten journey with us, may our prayer life become uh, just more of an encounter with you, uh, more personal, more real. And so bless us in this next hour that we might also, again, aid one another in our Lenten practices. And we ask this through Christ, our Lord. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.
0: Amen. Thank you so much, Father Nagel. Well, it's been um, it's been two weeks now uh, that we're in, two full weeks and a couple of days. We're recording this on a Friday before the Monday that you guys are listening to this program and just love to check in with you all on how your lent is going. Father Nagel since we've missed you last week we would love to hear first of all just to check in how is your lent?
1: You know, I had a I had a little quick a radical turn in my lent uh early on and I think it was before, you know it was after last time I was on the show a couple of weeks ago. And that is I found oh, maybe I don't know maybe I maybe I said this. I forget, I'm 60. But the idea of fasting from uh, blogs and news took a route you know I, the war started right um and and I was all caught up in this, and I realized it it was a sign to me of a bigger problem in my life that I was just spending way too much time uh, glued to and reading blogs and and other media sources and again, maybe I said this last time, but but it 's really been so I said you know what I'm gonna I'm gonna, i 'm going to do i 'm going to. i do get I'm i 'm a media junkie, so um my friends used to call me a print culture junkie, but now it's just media. And I do get newspapers, um, read them, but I check in in the morning now what the news is and that's it, uh, for the whole day. And I check on Catholic websites, news sites just twice a week. And it's been really good. Um, it's been a detachment liberation that's really worked out. And so far so good. I've, I, I've been able to go cold turkey in this. And so, um, that was been a really positive thing for me, a part of Lent. And the rest has gone well too. Um, I I was, I was able to go I, I missed last week uh, because I was over in Bremerton giving some talks over there to the classical school uh in uh RD Star C. And so it's just been it's been interesting, a little different, um, but it's been all real positive. So so far so good.
0: That's great. It's uh I'm glad to hear that. And I've got some comments I wanna make about what you shared. Actually, I think, Father Lewis, you'd, you'd probably get in on this as well. Kerry was saying, you should ask the priests to come up with a list of the top movies for families to watch during Lent. Because I know, Father Lewis, you're an aficionado of <laughs> of movies, and one of the big things that happens in Lent is a restraining of access to um, to like sources of media. And so that's what we've done in our home, but... We want to not just give them a no, but we want to give them a yes that is a, a replacement of the no. And so if they can say yes to good media, good – like for instance, a good movie or a good talk, then that can be um, very, very helpful. And so uh, parents are forever wrestling with what's going to be good for my kids to watch, what's going to be inspiring for my kids to watch, what's not going to be overly syrupy, devout, relig- you know, religious movie that is – Like, oh, my goodness, do we really have to sit through this (laughs) versus, you know, powerful, like, wow, that's that's one that we definitely want to watch. So, um, Father Lewis and then Father Nagel, I didn't realize that you were um, that like sort of tied into or had like that sense of, you know, I am drawn to that media as well. And so uh, if we came up with a program like that, would you be able to? Would you perform? Would you be able to come up with a list of movies and why?
2: Well, I've thought of a list of twenty just right now. So are you kidding? Really? <laughs> oh, just wow. even in
0: that talk? Maybe. Hey,
2: maybe we've got a new
0: outline for today's program. <laughs> no? And there's only one reason I say that is that, and that is because um, next week we are um, next week we are going to be uh, having the shareathon. And so right. we'll talk a little bit about that later in the program as well. But next Monday, there won't be a program with with the two of you because of the shareathon happening on Friday, so our pre record time is not gonna it's being crowded out. It's <laughs> being crowded out for it's a good of, cause. Yes, one of the things that's being pruned this Lent uh, during the Sherathon is a, a program with the, with the You Two Good Fathers. So, it, I don't know if you could do that just off the cuff. You said you could come up with a list of 20, Father. How about just two? Could you come up with two good movies cuz we want our kids to watch good movies and we'd love to know what those good movies are and why. But Father Nagel, I'll let you go first and then if you actually can come up with some Father Louis, you want a piece of paper and a pencil? <laughs> uh, you could. Uh, I'll, I'll take some recommendations. Actually, live that would be awesome.
1: <laughs> this is happening as you hear it, people. I this know is, this, this is great, exciting. You see,
0: you see the outline that we have. So this is the drama. What's at stake in the moment? Hear the call and respond. So, <laughs> no, Father Nagel, do you uh, do you ever get asked about that by parishioners, or do you have a sense of that about you know this would be a great movie for adults, or for teens, or for kids, or for the family?
1: I'm sure that that is a desire. It's out there. Um, I don't, I'm not a movie guy myself. Um, I, I rarely go, if I go once a year, it's amazing. Uh, so I am not the probably, if, if Father Lewis gave his list, I could probably comment fairly intelligently about that, in my opinion. But in terms of, no, I, I'm worthless. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that was very humble, very Lenten of you. I like lent. that. I like that. So, Father Lewis, I'm not even going to ask you about your Lent. I'm going to ask you about movies. All right. <laughs> okay, give, us, give us at least a couple of movies to get us launched, and then we'll come back to your Lent.
2: Well, kind of how you set it up, what I started thinking about was uh, movies about saints, and but also classics. I, I think that it's important that uh, that uh, you know our contemporary era still keep in touch with some of the great classic films. So the two that immediately came to mind were uh, Man for All Seasons about St. Thomas More and then Beckett about St. Thomas Beckett. Great films. I think uh, Man for All Seasons was made in 1960 and um, or maybe a little later. And Beckett, I think, was in 1963 or 4. And um, um, they're multiple Academy Award winners and fine films and and um, great dramatic portrayals of, of two great English saints. Um, both named Tom. So there you go, Tom. <laughs>
0: There's something about that—that that yeah. handing on of the name. I don't know. There's just some kind of saintliness connected with people named Tom, but we'll see. Uh, okay, so a man for all seasons. Father Niggle, are you familiar with that movie? Oh, what yeah. did you think that's about a, it?
1: It's a great movie. It's it's. Well, let's put it this way: it's a play. It's a film version of a play, and I think it gets this heart right. You know, it's 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 not really from a Catholic. It's not a Catholic perspective, I don't think, in the terms of uh, who made it, etc. It does provide a great. Um, a great portrayal of uh, defending one's conscience. I think the faith element gets a little, you know it's not so, you know why he was doing this is not so strong, but but I do think it shows moral courage, I guess. So that was what I would say.
0: The thing about that movie, um, do you think that teens would go for it? Because the pace is. Oh,
2: it's quite it's, slow.
1: It's a
0: little bit yeah. slow and it's a little bit intellectual. Yeah. But right? so you have to be able to follow dialogue. <laughs> right. From the standpoint of following dialogue, it is immensely rich. Right. There are some yeah. powerful, powerful scenes yeah. uh, in that movie. I think of when, when the daughter comes to visit him in the prison. I think of when he's saying goodbye to his um, head servant who says, you're not going to miss me at all. And, and he just looked at him with that heartfelt like emotion. I shall miss you. I don't remember the, the, the head the head servant's name, but that was a very powerful scene. And then, of, of course, the scene when he's um, facing Oliver Cromwell, who makes that claim, yeah. right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, he said that to me. And he's like, what? I, are you, I want everybody to just hear what he just said. Do you, do you think that I would have gone through all of this? Right. And then to him... Said that? Are you serious? Right? Mm-hmm. That and that's a that's actually a verbatim. That was a actual <laughs> quote of how it was stated in the movie. No, it's not. Um, but there are some powerful scenes like that yeah. in, in the I, in
1: the movie. I wonder though, Tom. I mean, it's true. I think if, if, as an old fuddy-duddy, maybe we always talk about this new generation doesn't have the the um, the attention span or the concentration or whatever. But I think at least for high school students, one of the things, if they, it wouldn't be for everybody. That's true. But I can think of, I think high school students are interested in peers and peer pressure and how you how do you stand up against that and what does that look like? So I think there's an element there that it might be more more accessible than you might think to the right high school students.
2: Yeah, especially if you kind of set it up like that, that's a good point that um, you know here's a great um, um, lesson that we can derive from this film. See how it plays out as the film goes along, and now now the youth might be watching with that added attention because there's there's something they're looking for rather than just <clears throat> rather than just having a direction of. I've feeling. got an
0: idea, Father Lewis. You should uh, take your St. Justin Martyr group, the apologetics uh, group, have them watch the movie from that standpoint of standing up for your faith, standing up for conscience. How do you stand up, push back, but remain in a way that is appropriate? And then have them talk about it. That nice. would be really powerful. Yeah, that's a good idea. I think I'll raise
2: it to the group, see what you think.
0: <laughs> nice. So I, I haven't seen the other movie. Beckett. Be-
2: Beckett. Yeah, it's got uh, Peter O'Toole. How I does it, it end? It, that was a joke. <laughs> <laughs> it ends with, uh, well, the king wins, I guess. Yes, <laughs> you know, so no, right. the, king, <laughs> the, the kinda, king gets whipped. He, kinda, he actually gets lo- he <laughs> loses, yeah. But, he uh, takes well, his I, th- I think he meant
0: Jesus. I yeah. think he meant Jesus was the oh. king. Oh. I, I, so <laughs> well, he wins. I went yeah. right to the, you know, the martyr wins. So.
2: But, uh, yeah, Peter O'Toole plays King Henry II and um, Richard Burton, uh, an, uh, an interesting choice, playing the saint, uh, given kind of his private life and real life, but uh, but um, both um, both had brilliant portrayals and telling the life of the friend of Henry II who, um, you know, through orchestrations of the king, uh, ranges for him to be made a, a bishop, and I can't remember if he's even elevated to cardinal before the end of his life, but he's the the archbishop, and um, and at that point, a moment of conversion for... For um, for uh, Beckett, that you know, we're at odds here with with the state. I've I've given my life now to the church, and, and it severs the friendship and it makes them enemies. And um, there's a really uh, awesome scene at the end of the first um, half um, that still gives me chills just thinking about it. It's when. When the ceremony for um that formally excommunicates um somebody is is shown on film, including like the snuffing out of the candle of life of the person whose you know name was attached to that candle and then the breaking of it by throwing it on the ground and smashing it in half and um and that was a powerful depiction in that film it's um it's of epic length i think it 's about three and a half hours long so it 's uh, not for the faint of heart just uh, lengthwise but um brilliant and powerful performances by the two leads. And um, I thought it was, you know, from what I've read of St. Thomas Beckett, it's pretty faithful to how that all that played out um, with some dramatic dialogue, of course, but, but nonetheless uh, pretty faithful.
0: Nice. So um, can you think of any movies that would be good for families to watch that are um, maybe not directly religious-themed, like directly Catholic or about saints, but Um, have a degree of inspiration about them that, um, again, would be, like, wholesome and um, uh, something that would draw families in.
2: Well, there's a film that uh, actually just came out a couple years ago. It's a Martin Scorsese film. So right there you're, like, not family friendly, right? (laughs) (laughs) But this is, like, the only film he ever made that was – in fact, they touted as Martin Scorsese's family film, and it's called uh, Hugo – and it's about a boy. I think he's um, orphaned and homeless uh, living in a train station in Paris, in like late 19th century Paris. And uh, it's there's kind of a fantasy element to it. He filmed it to be kind of a 3-D film. And um, it, it, it kind of plays like uh, one of the early Sp- uh, Spielberg films where there's a lot of kind of this um, heartfelt kind of fantasy element to it and, and showing how this kid can can overcome and overcome the adverse uh, situations. He makes friends with a character played by um, – uh, ben Kingsley and the villain, as it were, is this comical train uh, station p- patrolman played by Sasha Cohen. Uh, what's that guy's name? Um, anyway, he plays these goofy characters in films that he makes. But uh, I thought it was a pretty delightful film. And, and um, the kid is a pretty inspirational in terms of how he overcomes.
0: Nice. Yeah. I like that. I, I think that um, it, there's a way in which when you can get to heroic human goodness – Right. It, you can get to that sense of human excellence is, mm-hmm. is virtuous, that that is something that is attractive yeah. and something that you want to put in front of people. So people who overcome big obstacles and show themselves, they, somehow there's like, there are typically themes of redemption in there, anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought of uh, Cinderella. Mm. Uh, there's a modern remake. I was trying to think of the actress's name, Lily James is her name. And, um, you know, it's just Cinderella, right? But the big but in it, is that, and it's not the one that was just released. This is like from two thousand and fifteen. Uh, I Googled it while you were talking, Father. You <laughs> saw me do that. You did see me, so, um, but th- for me, the whole movie leads up to three words that are said by Cinderella, Lily James, at the very end of the movie. It's like the whole movie is for the sake of those three words. as Cinderella is walking out accompanied by the prince, to become his, her, his bride. She turns to her stepmother, who has just been totally exposed as the one who has beat her down, held her back, st- uh, tried to, you know, g- stop her from getting this uh, connection with the with the prince. She turns and says to her, I forgive you. Wow. I forgive you. And the first time I saw it, I, I took my breath away and it was all like tingles, like, <gasps> It was so moving. Wow, and, and, you know, I, I think I even teared up a little bit. Seriously, it was that powerful that just those three words, I forgive you. And it was like the whole movie was for the sake of that. And then she graciously mm. leaves. And then, you know, they, they all reach their ending, the happy ending and the, and the, and the not so happy ending for the, for the others. And it's like, how do you get a theme that says, do you want to learn what forgiveness is? You have to walk with this woman on the journey of how she's been beat down, held back, mistreated, and attempted to be uh, prevented from achieving a beautiful good that was being offered to her. And even after all of that, she can still rise above it and graciously extend mercy and forgiveness. Boy, that is, it's like a, that is a powerful means of getting across that truth. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's one of the gifts of, yeah. of movies that maybe aren't like directly religious— but that have the potential of um, conveying a, 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 a you know a fundamental truth of faith in a way that is um not wrapped in sometimes the, right. the more syrupy devout presentation that is a religious directly religious movie. I want up against a break but Father well, Nagel uh, you're going to have a chance to respond and present okay. your movie I I'm, <laughs> I'm going to put you on the spot here and if you can't come up with it, Ron's going to have to help you. Uh, Ron <laughs> Belter, the general manager of Sacred Heart Radio, is going to come up with a, a movie that is maybe along the lines of what I just shared, uh, yeah. like a, a humanly good movie. Sure. Back in a minute with more sound insight. Welcome back to the program. This is Tom Carnum with Father Kurt Nagel, the pastor of Holy That Holy Family. The pastor of oh, Saint Monica's on Mercer yeah. Island. I am so sorry, and the, uh, it's, it's the years of thing. It's repetition is right. the mother of learning here. So, <laughs> and Father Jeff Lewis, the pastor of Saint Mary's in Spokane Valley. Uh, so, we're talking uh, about exactly what I had prepared extensively <laughs> to discuss today on the program, which is uh, movies for your kids and your family to enjoy during Lent. So, Father Nagel. Uh, what, what, do you, what do you got I, for I have,
1: a, I have a movie, but before I do that, um, I just have a question. What did you think—these aren't, these aren't necessarily my, my, my choice, but what, did you, what was your opinion, both of you, of the Narnia movies that came out about 10 or 12 years ago? There were three of them. Did you see I, them, uh, and what did you think?
2: Yeah, I saw, um, I saw the first two, the, the Lion, of Witch, and the Wardrobe, and then— um, Prince Caspian. That came, Prince Caspian. And what was the third one that came out after that? The uh, Voyage
0: of the Dime Treader. Yeah.
2: Okay. I don't think I saw that one, but I really, really liked um, the first one, Land Witch, and the Wardrobe. I thought it was uh, really faithful to the book. The, um, the depiction of the witch was, um, was just spot on. And um, I, mean, I, I just liked it. And um, one of, some of my favorite scenes were, um, spoiler alert, when Aslan is, is sacrificed. But the breaking of the altar, like the tearing of the veil, I thought was very remarkably christological. And then also, when he has a side conversation with um, with one of the two brothers, Edmund, Edmund and um, you know, and it, in the book, I thought it highlighted what was going on there, christologically speaking, and, and uh, sacramentally speaking. Then even than the book, and um, it's clear that there was a confession going on. He's confessing to Aslan, or you know, the depiction of Christ and and they come back and Aslan says um, what was done is now in the past and nothing more need be said. I mean he says something very direct like that and that's like yeah that's what confession does and that's what happened. And um I thought it was a a, a great film. The second one I thought uh, they started taking some departures and some dark parts that I I think they um you know the the bring the conjuring back of the white witch I thought was like uh that's uh that's a depiction of the preternatural I, I can do without and Anyway, I I could take it or leave that one, but I really like the first one. So my take, uh,
0: briefly, is that the most important line in the book was pulled out of the context it was in, and it was placed to the last line in the movie. And it was Aslan is walking away after the victory has happened, and they say, "You know, is he tame?" Uh Right? And it's uh, it's that it it was supposed to be Mrs. Beaver that said the that said Uh it in. To the, to the kids when they first hear about this lion, let's go to Aslan and he's going to help us, right? And you all know the line, yeah. right? The line is, uh, you know, tame. Of course he's not tame, but he's good. Yeah. Who said, no, tame. Uh, of course he's not tame. Who said anything about tame? Uh, he's not tame, but he's good. And that's describing Aslan as, um, you know, in his strength. Um, what I lo- uh, What I liked about the movie is that even though it's really plain that when Aslan comes back and then just is able to just wipe them all out, they still have to fight. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They still have to battle. And it was, uh, it was very powerful that um, Aslan still asks something of, the, uh, of those followers of his to put their lives on the line. And the part that makes me choke up is Reaper cheap. And when he loses his tail, <laughs> and the <laughs> and the followers come after him, those little other uh, uh, other uh, mice, and, and they're going to cut off their tails too. Oh, so beautiful! Oh, I'm going to cry. It's very beautiful these scenes. So, what about you, Father Nagel? What did you think?
1: I, I thought they were very good. Um, I agree. Probably Prince Caspian is the weakest one. I, I like the Voyage of the Drawn Treader as well, including Reepicheep. I think I think again there. I've always liked that book. Probably of, the, of all of them, Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe, of course, is kind of by itself, but I thought the the Voyage of the Dawn Treader was always a interesting book, and so I enjoyed that movie as well i I was thinking more though in terms of to kill a mockingbird as a as a, a movie that it seems like a little dark but for I think it's it's about kids and I think it's about scariness and, and watching people being strong um, you know Atticus and these sort of things so I, I, th- I always thought that was a, a very good um, Again, it's it's not syrupy or sappy, but it, it, it does I think engage in important questions.
0: What do you think about that movie, Father?
2: I thought it was good, but um, um, you know, it's it's uh, the story. The book is is got such a the trial um, of uh, Tom Robinson is um, yeah hey, another kind of martyr figure for there. Tom <laughs> <I> certainly <laughs> thought of that. Uh, the you know the trial of Tom Robinson is of course an important aspect of the book and the in the chief focus and about the, um, the you know the second uh, the second third if you can put it in three acts as it were uh, toward the end anyway but um, but it's like I you know I've only seen the movie once but I remember thinking it's like they focused almost exclusively on the trial and there's a whole lot more going on the the lives the interactions of the characters the um, the uh, the rich tapestry of, of just human life and community and and in this particular uh, you know uh, you know uh, era you know with racial tensions but class tensions as well and they're trying the kids are trying to figure out how does the world work it seems like there's four classes of people and and then one of the kids finally says I think that there's just one class of people people and um, maybe that line made it into the movie I, I th- you know it, but you know, it's got to be tricky to make films like that where you try to retain the richness of the story that's in the book but in a how to how to do that when it's now in a visual medium um, and that doesn't bog down the story because it works it's um, i thought of the same thing of the new movie that came out this year dune that's i think that would be an impossible film to make a uh, book to make into a film without making it bogged down if you're going to try to keep the richness of the story um, so anyway, I mean, as a, as a movie that stands alone, I thought it was very good, of course, with a, with a profound theme, uh, in comparison to the book though, it's kind of one of those that the book is just way better, I think.
0: It's true enough. Yeah. It's, if you read the book first, it, it does, uh, it does. It, and so often movies will pale in comparison, right? So I, I really don't care that much for the, um, the, the, the movie versions of the, um, the uh, the Chronicles of Narnia or especially The Lord of the Rings. We've had that conversation before. Um, to Kill a Mockingbird, I, I didn't mind as much because the the, the the story was so rich for me when I read it. I could like superimpose that onto the movie more easily, especially, again, the scenes that are so powerful to me were at the very end when you meet Boo Radley. Oh, just yeah. so moving. And then the confrontation of Scout with the kids in front of the, the, the adults in the front of the courthouse. That are there to um, take Tom Robinson away, and ah, oh, just so powerful. And then the scene where um, uh, their dad is the one Atticus takes the gun to shoot the dog, mm-hmm. and and they're like no, no, don't have him do it because he can't do any of those things. Are you kidding? He's the best <laughs> shot in the county. You know, it's just like oh, ah, yeah. so many beautiful, powerful scenes that uh, were put forward in the movie. And I love the fact that it's told from the story the standpoint of. Um, scout as an older woman looking back and, and being able to kind of revert back to the perspective of the childhood. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, what about you, Father Nagel? You, you, you kind of teed it up for us, but...
1: No, I, I, I agree with you, what you just said. I, I, that's kind of my percep- perspective on it. Um, and I saw the movie before I read the book. Actually, so for me, it was a little, maybe a little different experience. Uh, I didn't. But a lot of people re- read the book in, in school. I, for some reason, it never was assigned, so to speak, and as a as a reading book for me. But um, I I don't have much more to say than what you said. But I do think it's it's a little intense. But I I think also in terms of these days, there's so much talk in education about race and racism and all these kind of things and how how do you teach that. I think that movie's a better way to teach than most of the schools are doing right now. I mean I think that would be a good way to okay, do you wanna, you want to talk about this one? Here, here it is. Um, in, anyway, that's a side side note, but I, I do think um, that it's it's a powerful film, including for kids. I think you know maybe not super small, but I think if they're a certain age, I think it would be something that would uh, in, sort of intrigue them, question them um, and sort of inspire them.
0: Yeah, I love it. Well, uh, Father, I'm going to give you Father Lewis one more chance. Do you have oh. another movie that you'd like to add to our list of of recommended um, movies that families uh, should think about, or even how about a TV series? You know that this this modern reality of binge watching it just uh-huh. didn't exist 15 years ago, or maybe 20 years ago but now it's a very common practice of just kind of going from episode to episode is there a particular series that you find uh you found helpful or again inspiring and encouraging
2: well uh no not tv series most of my favorite well Carrie
0: likes pride and prejudice the old british oh, okay. version that's because oh, yeah, a, a it's almost it's almost like exactly a reading of the book okay yeah, know, that it's, is it's, that's it's a good one so detailed yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, so, I, and most of the TV shows I've enjoyed uh, binge watching are are not appropriate. for Not the, that you're gonna. <laughs> yeah, is this kind of I,
0: confession time, Father? A little, little d- bit.
2: Where's Aslan? You know, I need, to, <laughs> I need to go talk to him. Yeah. So um, well, I was thinking of another movie, though. Um, you know about the. Uh, I don't, well, it's uh, it's a movie I've been thinking about lately. It might be it might I don't it might be one of those that the the kids can't uh, quite keep up with because it's a very slow burn, but. It's called the Conversation, uh, made by Francis Ford Coppola, and starring Gene Hackman, made in the early '70s, and and it's only rated PG, but it's got some very adult themes. And the whole thing, he plays kind of like a spy that's uh, listening through audio, you know, the high tech audio te- te- devices of that time, to a conversation. He was paid by someone to kind of spy on this on this couple, and the and the conversation continually plays for the movie. And I maintain that almost never, almost no one I talked to has ever heard of this movie. But I think it's got the greatest twist ending. Of any film I've ever seen. I was gonna say you recommended it to us. I watched it. What did you think? Did
0: you? See I the... didn't get the ending. Oh my gosh! Oh, <laughs> we're gonna have to talk afterwards. Because when you said that, I'm like, oh my gosh, that's the movie with the ending that was just like, what is going on here? Yeah. Well, oh, that I... is so funny. You see, this is where <laughs> I, I'm playing. I'm playing checkers, and you're playing 3D chess. Okay, that's what it is. So is
2: what this? That the... I mean, anyway, you know what's that?
1: Is this? Does this take place in East Germany? Is this the film you know, No, no, it, it, takes place
2: like in, it takes place like in Philly takes something. like
0: like Philly or something. bit yeah, like oh, okay. right. of yeah, yeah. in a little bit of a little bit of a little bit a park, in yeah. it's, it's a okay. this conversation of a two people talking.
2: a yeah. yeah. But um, of you know, as a little as of a little bit of a little bit of a know a little a a uh, to more contemporary times, you know, some of those, um, I think some of those earlier uh, Disney cartoons, uh, the first, after they kind of made the resurgence, like with Little Mermaid and Aladdin and Lion King, and um, and then uh, what was Beauty and the Beast, uh, you know, I think any of those uh, have a, I think a fairly strong kind of moral comp- uh, content to them. I'm thinking actually in, in The Lion King, there's uh, there's an interesting contrast between, you know, this idea that the main character the lion what's his name Simba Is it Simba or that was that the father Okay Simba you know he has to flee he's a cub and then he finds the the meerkat and the and the wild boar whatever their names are and um and-
0: you're not expecting us to know this are you I no. I have never watched Lion King oh, Okay so yeah. there's a there's a full disclosure <laughs> I I missed that whole that yeah, whole reality I don't I know want- if I just lost a lot of listeners right now
2: <laughs> I watched it as a kid but but you know they 're trying to like take care of me, buddy, buddy, but they sing that song that 's actually popular and there 's in they 're singing the song hakuta Matata, which means no worries, but I recently read a um, a movie review about it, and you know that 's not that 's not the good thing. The good thing is that Simba like got out of his lazy life his lazy malay 's life of no worries because he had a job to do, he had to go back and take back his father 's throne and rule the kingdom in peace. But he was severely tempted by his friends that thought they were being good friends to him by encouraging him to live this lazy life. And, and that could be an interesting conversation to have with kids, to, to look at the, what does it make for true friendship? Do they come along and, and how do we overcome our lazy selves to, to embrace the, the vocation or the, or the, the challenge or the, uh, you know, the, the, the fate, as it were, God's will for us in our lives, that, that, to which we're called? So
0: I'm going to jump in, and I'm going to say that um, I don't know a lot about movies, but there's a, a kind of movie that my kids, especially my teenagers, are drawn to, and it's um, it's movies that like tell the story of a sports team that's sort of an underdog, and then typically a coach comes in, or there's a tragedy that happens, and then how do they overcome that tragedy, or how does the coach uh, get the team to excel? Right uh-huh. now, they're not often perfect, but. They have a lot of that sense of push forward, suck it up, you know, you can get there if you're willing to work as a team and believe. And, and then at the end, they do the big reveal, mm-hmm. right? And you get to see the players. You get to see hmm. the, um, or the, you know, the football players, the volleyball players, the runners, the whatever. Um, and so movies like Remember the Titans is yeah. one. Um, Glory Road, I really liked. Coach Carter, I don't know if that's based on a. Yeah, it is. It is based on a, um, a true story. Coach Carter was another one. Um, let me see. Uh, there's a, another one about runners um, in California about the. Um,
1: yeah, I've seen that one. I forget the name too. With
0: uh, Kevin Costner uh-huh. ends up being the coach who comes right. in and, and he basically gets these kids to. Are Cross country. I think they're. Hispanic yes. There. Yeah, I think they. Yeah, they like a really in a challenging circumstance yeah. and all the. Uh, and then at the end, you know, you get to this like big reveal of how these coaches have changed the lives of the whole community. Yeah. I, I just my kids like those movies, mm-hmm. I, and I, I don't know, maybe they like sports, and that's why. But um, those movies, I, I find again, there's that sense of human excellence when you strive to attain it can accomplish something that overcomes even really really big obstacles. Yeah,
2: right. there's a film of that genre. I can't remember what it's called, but it's got Jim Caviezel as the coach, and it's about that high school somewhere in the south I think that had like a ten year long winning streak and then it broke. And the movie is like begins with that game that they lost and it broke the streak. Like they have almost a generation of people that never knew this team to lose. And then it's like, okay, how do we overcome this and rebuild? And do you remember what that was called, Von Nagle? Do you know what I'm talking about? I do know the film.
1: I do know the film. And I mean, I'm sure your listeners are saying, you guys get with it. But I, I forget. <laughs> it's, it's this. <laughs> I forget. You
2: know forget. a
0: Kevin Costner movie, but you don't know a Jim Caviesel movie? That is so funny. Okay, I'm going to look it up. This is, this is the miracle of the internet. <laughs>
2: yeah. But uh, I, you know, I thought that was a, a. I'm pretty sure he was going to play. It. When, when the game, the game stands, game stands, stands tall. Yeah. tall. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah and that was a I thought that was a good uh, message as well that um, you know people again it's kind of like this idea of being trapped in a malaise or thinking that you're like the bees knees and all the rest of it and and this was a ma- it was like a massive the way they portrayed it in the film a massive psychological blow to the whole town I mean they have the longest winning streak in the history of any sport at any age level professional or amateur or whatever this was a massive blow and uh, and even some like animosity of a of disappointed fathers to their kids. How could you have let this happen? And then they, they want the coach run out of town on a rail and all the rest. And, um, and, and it's, it's really about how did they, how they overcame that? How did they come together as a team? How did he kind of function from them as a father figure when maybe their own fathers are like kind of hating on them? And how did they rebuild? I thought it was a pretty inspirational film.
1: And I think that can speak also to kids today who their pressure to succeed and, and yeah, so, how do you deal with the fact that you do lose? And so, I think that that can be something something positive there too, because I think that some, again, it may not be the win streak that holds the record, but it could be. I got my I got my B minus, and I've had straight A's up until now. And so, what do I do? What do I do now? Um, so, again, I think that some kids can probably re- relate to that as well.
0: That's a great point. All right, we're up against the break. When we come back, um, I'm going to share a couple of um, movies that are connected to faith and see Father if uh, Fathers if this uh, generates anything to you. Back in a minute with more Sound Insight. Welcome back to the program. This is Tom Kern. I'm with Father Kurt Nagel and Father Jeff Lewis, and we've been planning extensively to share a program with you about movies for Lent. <laughs> <laughs> is that a lie or is that a joke? Is it's a,
2: it's an exaggeration?
0: An exaggeration. There it is. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Kerry uh, had said, Tom, Father Lewis loves movies. Have him talk about this. And I said, well, he needs a lot of time to prepare for it, so we gave him about fifteen seconds of like wind up. And Father Nagel, you're jumping well, right in. Well, it's kind of a Siskel and Ebert going on here.
1: Yeah, it, it is. But I mean, that's all we ever get—fifteen seconds for the for the uh, subject matter of your of your of your show. So, actually, I'm just rolling with it. it's okay. It's kind of kind of par for the course.
0: But you know what? This so this is a very intentional thing that I as I've studied more about how do you make sound insight that much more appealing. One of the the techniques that I've discovered is that when you have co-hosts that can do this, having things be more spontaneous just leads to fresher conversation. Yeah. yeah. And so, fathers, I I I brag about the fact that both of you are so good at being responsive in the moment with insight, and you're succinct, you're clear, it's engaging, and so I'm just trying to tee this up so that. Uh, listeners get valuable programming, and uh, you you get to shine uh, in the, in the gifting that you both have.
2: Well, you're setting the bar awfully high. One of these days, where one or both of us going to come with like a head cold or something and can't think straight, and it's going to it's going to fall flat. But hey, you know what? Let's ride the wave while it's there.
0: Nice. <laughs> well, I should say this before we dive back into the movies, and that is um, in two days. In two days. Beginning on Wednesday and continuing on Thursday and Friday is the Spring sherathon for Sacred Heart Radio, and what that means is, is that while you're going to get significantly the same amount of programming over the course of the day, you're also going to have some moments where folks come on, like myself and Ron, will be on with you from seven thirty in the morning until nine. So I'll be on Monday, uh, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, but I'll be on live with Ron. And we're going to be talking about the gift that Sacred Heart Radio is, and our hope is that as you listen, you'll be prompted to pray and to make a call of financial support. You can make a tax-deductible donation to Sacred Heart Radio, and by doing that, you'll be a blessing back to us, as we strive to be a blessing to you, and hopefully are. You'll be joining in the mission. Through giving, you join in the very mission that you're supporting through your giving. And in fact, we are in a place of financial need, and that's one of the... Here it is. One of the gifts that Catholic ministries and Catholic apostolates and nonprofits do is they give you opportunities to extend your stewardship. The stewardship that the Lord has put into your hands, the good things of this world, including financial resources. And He gives them to you, but they're not only for you. And so it's up to you to discern how to be generous. And after the manner of the Lord's generosity to you. So that's what a share than is. It's an opportunity for us to say, if we didn't need, we wouldn't ask. But because we are asking, and we only ask twice a year for three days, that's it, that during those days, you would say, you know what? It's Lent, professing almsgiving. Mm. Part of the almsgiving, I'm going to extend towards Sacred Heart Radio. So that's going to be the invitation for you to call. I feel like we should give out the number right now. Like that was like a yeah. that, that's like a pledge. That's a pledge-worthy. Make a call right now and make a pledge of support to Sacred Heart Radio. Actually, if you do want to do that, go ahead. Let's see if they're ready. So call. You can actually call right now. Eight hundred. Uh, what's the number?
1: <laughs> Ron, Ron is gonna. Ron is gonna be nine four nine one zero five zero.
0: I know the number. It's been for <laughs> twenty years. Nine four nine. 1050, one You can donate online, sacredheartradio.org, or you can call one eight hundred nine four nine ten fifty. That would be awesome to preload some of that giving in anticipation of the share a um, on Wednesday and Thursday and Friday of this week. Father Nagel, you've been part of share for a whole bunch of years. Fifteen you years. have That is a lot of years. Yeah. And you also have um, lots of visibility to the impact that Sound Insight uh, your, when you're on the radio, in that Sacred Heart radio, has on your parishioners and and Catholics in your area. I'm going to ask you the same thing, Father Lewis. Do you have any just a, an anecdote or just a sense of saying, "Hey, here's how I know that it's making a difference"?
1: I, you know, it it gets brought up. There's no doubt about it. They and and sometimes it's like. Oh, I've heard you on Sacred Heart Radio. Um, so sometimes it's just the fact that I, I know they're listening, that they are part of your listeners uh, out there because it just happens. But I do think I always I, I say the same thing because it's, this is the main thing that happens to me is that in terms of talking to people who come to the RCIA, that oftentimes they're listening on uh, the radio long before they actually approach anybody in person in terms of the Catholic Church. Because it just they, they either land on it or it's recommended or somehow they find out about it. And that can be a great way to just kind of marinate in Catholicism before you have to actually kind of take a step. So that happens quite, you know, I think fairly regularly on the RCIA.
2: Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. A lot of folks that, um, you know, by the time they come to the church office asking about signing up for RCIA— you know, it's you know, for the, for for all I know, that's the precisely the first time they've ever come to any church. But a friend of theirs, you know, was talking to them, and oftentimes a friend of theirs, like you say, Father Nagel is recommending that they check out this uh, Catholic radio program, um, and you know, maybe this particular program or just anything on that on that station, and um, and and that kind of piques the interest, and then they they want to pursue that, they want to go uh, further, and they want to go deeper, and. And that uh, longing and that yearning leads them to to find their way to the to the church office, and we talk to them, or or to mass, and then I I speak with them after mass or something, and and uh, but it didn't begin there; it, it it led to that moment, but it began you know further back, and oftentimes, yeah, with the programming of Sacred Heart Radio.
0: So, Father Lewis, you must notice that there are some like new parishioners that have arrived at your parish and even your school, yeah, from Sacred Heart Radio.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's. Uh, <laughs> I'm uh, signing new prisoner letters, I think, on average... Uh Three a week these days—it's pretty incredible. I mean, there's a backlog, so Susie just gives me like a month's worth and says, "All right, sign them all. Let's get them out." So there's a waiting list to uh, go to
1: your parish. I think that's great. There, there is. There's only so much space. (laughs) There's only so much space in that church, and so there's no room for you right now. But be it on the list, and as soon as there is, you too can buy a seat here—a season ticket holder. (laughs) There's a
0: stable out in the back, so no, I get. So the folks that call me, right? So I'm doing this real estate stuff, and folks are calling me saying, "Hey, I want to move over in the area," and they'll say, "Hey." Where's Father Lewis's parish? So that's pretty cool, Father Lewis.
2: Yeah, it is. Right? I, so, I, I, feel, like, uh, I feel like I feel like ought to list you on the bulletin as a member of the parish staff, <laughs> you know, chief recruiter. He should, no,
1: he has to advertise like everybody else on the back of the bulletin. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yes, that's right. I've tried to use that on Father Nagel. He just shut it down. <laughs> he, he just said, here's the business manager's number. You know, have the conversation with him. That didn't happen, folks. I'm just teasing. Um, but. Uh, the the gift that Sacred Heart Radio is, I could go on and on, and I will go on and on in ways that hopefully are encouraging to you on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday with testimonies of faith from so many amazing folks whose faith has been lifted up, has been restored, has been deepened because of the gift of Sacred Heart Radio. So it's an amazing gift. And I know that many Catholics are looking for places where they can feel really good about um, saying, I'm giving some of what God has put into my hands. They want to feel very confident that their money's being used in a way that's going to support and promote the fullness of the Catholic faith being preached in a way that's convincing, in a way that's complete, in a way that is courageous. And that's what happens on Sacred Heart Radio. So I really appreciate your willingness to support this share right. Hey, we're actually up against uh, our final break. When we come back, um, we're going to – we have another segment left and we're going to talk uh, about – um, religious movies. I want to share with you uh, religious movies that, that aren't Catholic but are Christian and again, contemporary. Back in a minute with Sound Insight. Welcome back to the program. Today on the program we're going to uh, review Lenten quotes. No, that <laughs> never happened.
2: That, that ship sailed.
0: <laughs> that, that ship has... <laughs> yeah, that's the voyage of the Dawn Treader has just <laughs> left the building. We'll eventually get to quotes in the in the Easter, Easter season. season, yeah. <laughs> yes, we'll have our Lenten quotes program. Um, so there's another set of movies that I'm surprised that my kids enjoy and it's movies that involve, um, typically some kind of religious theme that has, um, like a miracle involved, uh, that has like a, like a tragedy that gets turned into something glorious or that has an ending that involves like someone dying, but in faith, right? So, um, there was a movie about, um, We see uh, a musician. What's his name? Um, uh, I still believe is what the name of the movie is. Um, It's a contemporary Christian singer and he marries a woman that uh, has been discovered to have cancer and um, and ends up marrying her. And then she ends up dying of cancer. Uh, And it's just the journey they take together. Mm -hmm. And it is powerful. And and I remember watching it and just thinking, my kids are not going to like this. Well, there was a like they had a chance to pick a movie um, uh, a couple few weeks ago, and they picked that movie.
2: Wow! They mm.
0: all by themselves, without my influence, said we we want to watch. I still believe again,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and it's just like wow, that's really striking to me. And and that's not the only instance of that. There's a a powerful story about um uh let's see, what's it called something grace uh it's uh, moved by grace or something like that. It's a story about a. Uh, uh, a young lady with Down syndrome named Grace, and a very powerful movie of faith and redemption, and beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. And, 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 and there's several movies like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and 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 my kids are drawn to them. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't know—is that surprising to you, fathers? And and uh, or is there something deeper going on there?
2: Uh, that the uh, well, on the one hand, it surprises me because these are movies. You know, you know it seems like with. You know, middle school and high school kids these days. You mention a, a movie that's not a Marvel movie, and you've lost them instantly. Yeah, no, no
0: CGI. Right? <laughs> yeah,
2: no CGI. No constant action and, and loud noises. And uh, and that these uh, two films are decidedly not Marvel. That they would still have that they chose for themselves to watch it again. That that surprises me. But on the other hand, you know, if if kids would just allow themselves to be uh, to be introduced to films of this kind of caliber, I think that they would. Like them a whole lot more because it's it's there's a there's a rich truth that speaks to them in that that isn't just some flashy you know you know action sequence with CGI that uh, you know that was exciting and let's move on but but something that en- endures because it, it it dives down deep into into our hearts and souls and it speaks a, a larger truth and to that regard I think it doesn't surprise me but that they would go out of their way to be introduced to it in the first place that's what surprises me yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, I, I'm not surprised really either. I, I, think, I think people, we get trained to expect and to watch certain things, but we're, as human beings, we're all drawn to a good story. I mean that literally, a story that's good, that, and that, it, artistically maybe, but it's just that it touches our humanity. I think um, there's always room for that, and so I, I, I'm not surprised.
0: Okay, so I've got a discernment uh, question for you and, and Father, you kind of hammered me on this one time when you found out that my kids watched a certain movie. Uh, and so it has to do with at what point—so I've got five teenagers in the house, right? Uh, 18, 17, 16, 15, 13, wow. right? And then younger kids. And um, here's the question. At what age would it be appropriate to let them watch Shawshank Redemption?
2: Oh, wow. Wow. Um, <laughs> Um, because
0: I consider it one of the like most amazing movies. I agree. It's most of, but it is swearing and oh it's my disturbing scenes and yeah. it is murder and corruption, you know? But it is an incredible movie.
2: Yeah. In my opinion. Yeah. Um it's definitely rated R for a reason, that's for sure. But I agree with you. It's 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 one of my top five favorite films. Uh, sometimes it's it's floating up there at number two. Um Number one will be Godfather forever, but uh, that's a conversation <laughs> for another time. But, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, with all that's going on in that film, but it's, it's a beautiful story of, uh, of friendship, real friendship, and ultimately of of hope, that hope has a place. In fact, the subtitle of the story, the Stephen King story, that, upon which it's named, um, is, uh, is Hope Springs Eternal because it's part of a larger collection he calls The Four Seasons. So this is like the spring book, and it's called Hope Springs Eternal. But uh, in any event... Um, I think that, I think it would be, um, you got to know your kids, what they can handle. And I would definitely prep them. I mean, like in some scenes, the F word is every other word, especially the prison guard captain. <laughs> that guy is foul. And, um, and there's violence, uh, but, uh, uh, you know, there's, um, well, we know the, the, the main character gets, um, uh, kind of pulverized in a, in a sexual sense. I, nothing graphic is shown, but it's definitely, definitely implied. And, it's something that i would watch with the kids after you've prepped them this is what you're going to see but this is what's so awesome about it and um and that might be worthwhile to do before they leave the house and see it on their own because that can shock them on their own but you've had a chance to prep them if they're still in the house but i wouldn't show it to anyone younger than i don't know 17 maybe at the youngest <laughs> okay
1: I, I have to admit i've not seen it uh what yeah i don't oh. i don't get out oh much oh my goodness father um, nagel <laughs> <laughs> um i I've heard about it. I, I would probably be in, in uh, with Father Lewis, though, in terms of the, the advice from what little I know. But it, I think he's probably on in terms of um, how to discern that.
0: So there's, um, there's VidAngel. Mm-hmm. So VidAngel allows you to dial in what you remove from movies. So all swearing and all certain kinds of scenes. And it'll actually show you the scenes that are like, okay, these are the scenes that are going to be eliminated if you do that. Now, frankly, I haven't found VidAngel very easy to work with. It has, it's, kinda, it's still complicated. It sounds easy and, and looks like it, in it's promotion to be easy. I haven't found it easy to work with. And I don't even know if Shawshank Redemption is one of the movies on that list. But that's a way to access some movies that would have very disturbing stuff. Yeah. Um, I know some. There's some who would say it'll never be appropriate even for an adult to watch that movie. Because of the swearing and the inappropriate stuff, it'll damage you even if you're not aware of it, right? Mm-hmm. So there are some who would take that kind of hard line. But um, I, I like what you said, Father, about sit down with them in advance, know your, know your son, know your daughter, your teenager, and figure out what's going to be right for them. And it's, I think here's a way I would pose the question. How comfortable will you be watching it with them? Yeah. As the movie is going on, how comfortable will you be watching it with them? When I have watched movies with my kids that have inappropriate scenes, principally they're sexual or maybe violent or maybe demonic, one of those three, I know, I actually will look it up and I'll know at this moment in the movie, like 53 minutes and 32 seconds in, this scene starts. And so as it's approaching, I pause it, I forward it over it, and then I start it up again. So I've done that Mm -hmm. um, as a way of accompanying my kids um, in a a more intensive way. I'm kind of like a father angel, (laughs) vid father, right, doing the live editing. But that's a pretty intensive amount of work, and it's not easy to do that. But it does – I think it conveys a message to the kids. It's important what you take in. And as a father, I'm – if I don't provide a degree of guidance and even – Restriction. I'm not doing my job.
2: Right. Yeah. So
0: I don't know if that's a, if that's yeah. helpful at all.
2: But it, it's a good advice. Thank you, Tom. Vid Father, <laughs> I, I recommend it to everyone.
0: Vid Father. I, hey, we should copyright that, Father. Every <laughs> every show, Father Father Nagel, uh, Father uh, Lewis, copyrighted a phrase. What was the phrase?
2: Uh, oh shoot, The Great Reset or yeah, the Great Redo? Lent, the Great and uh, the Great and Holy Redo. Isn't, wow. that, isn't
0: that a is that good?
2: Yeah. <laughs>
0: the great and holy redo. Or do, right. do over. The means. great and holy do over. Even better. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. The mulligan. Right. <laughs> yes, the holy mulligan. He just uh, went up better. to you, Father. I Nagle. Know. Father Nagel just went up to you, Father
2: Lewis. All I right.
0: Understand. All right. We're out of time. Thank you so much for listening. God bless you guys. Join me tomorrow for more Sun Insight.